0: Welcome to Tucumcari First Assemblies podcast. Now open your hearts to be changed by the Word of God. We're talking about how to handle money, not my way, not Dave Ramsey's way, but God's way, and that's really what matters. And so today we want to look at a spiritual discipline that I believe is so important in the life of a follower of Jesus. A spiritual discipline is an intentional behavior with supernatural benefits, okay, that's what that is. And like, like choosing to read about the Bible on a regular basis, choosing to read the Bible, um, it's not just for education, but it's for transformational purposes, right? Or praying. When we pray, we we aren't trying to get God to do what we're asking Him to do. Instead, we're, we want to we want to we want to do what God wants us to do to be changed, right? And another ex- example of a spiritual discipline is worshiping God. We, we've, we're we're going to do that in our, in our service this morning together. We're going to sing and celebrate and worship God. But it, it blesses God, but it also blesses us. There's a supernatural benefit to worship. Well, today I want to talk about the spiritual discipline of tithing. And, and a lot of people have a lot of questions surrounding this topic what does the bible say about tithing what does it say well a, 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 a variety of responses are given when you when you talk to christians about tithing should a christian tithe a, a variety of responses I want to give you some of those this morning and then talk through them the first one is this i totally agree right some people would say i totally agree a christian should tithe without question. I've experienced an incredible God's incredible goodness in my life and blessing on my life. And listen, I can't imagine even living without this spiritual discipline at work in my life of tithing. I got to think about it. And on all the years that I've been in church of all the years, I've never heard anyone say, you know, that tithing thing just isn't working for me. I've never heard that. Not one time have I heard that. In fact, we uh, so many testimonies. We had a woman just a while back, an elderly woman in our church. She 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 had told us how that early in their marriage, her, her and her husband, she began to tithe. And her husband was not in really agreement with her, but but she began to tithe. And, and over some time, he saw how that the favor and blessing of God was upon her, her income. And, and, and it's like, it's like when you see someone who's investing in something and it's really working for them, he wanted to jump in too. So he began to, and it was just a spiritual discipline of their household from that point forward. Well, one thing that we've done in the last few years of my house is, is we, we set up automatic electronic giving. and And we do that because listen, I'm a little busy on Sundays and I also don't carry, a checkbook around, okay? So, so we do that, and uh, just like we set up automatic bill pay, right? Online, you pay. Listen, I would rather be late to Visa than Jesus. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I, how much more do I not want to forget God? Right? I want, I want to remember Him first. So, the first thing that comes out of, of our of our check, really, our income, is the tithe. The tithe is 10%. It's the first 10%. Well, well, is that spiritual? Is that spiritual if you're doing it electronically? Uh, absolutely it is because I've decided in advance that I'm going to prioritize that in my life the very first thing. So we've decided. Here's the second response that we sometimes hear uh, to should a Christian tithe. Well, I didn't know anything about this. I didn't know about it. Maybe you grew up um, uh, not a follower of Jesus and you've recently given your life to Christ. Or maybe you grew up in a church where they said you you, you should just give because it's the right thing to do, but they didn't really teach the practice of tithing. They didn't maybe explain it to you or maybe, maybe this is brand new to you. Listen, you don't have to feel bad about that. That's incredible. But now let's lean in and learn from what the scripture says. A lot of people have no idea how finances work within the church, and so sometimes they're like, I don't know, I don't know if I if I want to invest and in, in fund that. Some people say, Listen, I don't need to know. I trust you guys. Can I just tell you something? You trust us even more if you knew how it, how it all worked, how what all went on. You know, I've had people say, Well, do you just get a cut out of the out of the out of the tilt? No, I don't get a. I'm salaried. Pastors are salaried. Oftentimes, it's how it's set up here. And uh, it's, we, have, we have finances that we manage of the church, missionaries that we support, all these things that happen. And, and listen, I'm, we're very careful around here to not, to not let anything look shady at all financially because it's so important. So important. So check this out. In Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 22, it says this, You must set aside a tithe of your crops one-tenth of all the crops you harvest each year. Bring this tithe to the designated place of worship, the place your Lord God chooses for His name to be honored, and eat it there in His presence. This applies to your tithes of grain, new wine, olive oil, the the firstborn males of your flocks and herds, and doing this will teach you teach you always to fear the Lord your God. God gives us in Scripture, in the book of Deuteronomy, He's giving us right, a, a, an expectation to tithe. We're to bring this. This is our increase. This is our paycheck. And then it says, every time you harvest. So it's it wasn't just a one-time thing. It's every increase into our household. So on an ongoing basis, as harvest comes, as increase comes, we bring the tithe back to the storehouse, which is the church. It's very important that we also understand that the tithe has got to go to the right place. In their day, they went to the temple. In our day, it's the local church, right? The church that we belong to, the church where we're nourished and fed, and we, we do that. It's the designated place of worship. You don't, you don't split it up and divide it into different places, right? You, that, that would be like me borrowing money from you and then when I return it to you, because it was originally yours, when I return it to you, I'd say, hey, hey, listen, I want, you to, I want you to take your wife out for this part of it and buy your kids something for this part of it. And on and on. This is just it's like, what? Yeah, this is, if it was a, no, no, no. Uh, uh, we, don't, we don't give, we don't bring the tithe and a little bit go to K-Love Radio and a little bit go to Salvation Army, right? No, we bring the tithe back to God and put it in his hand. That's the place where God has encouraged us to worship, where his name is honored, right? And then it says, eat it there in his presence. What does that mean, right? Well, back then, in their time, in this time that this was written, they, they brought a tithe there, that portion, they would bring it, and it would be set aside for the, part of it would be set aside for the priest to fund the operation of the temple another portion would be put on the altar and burned as an incense to god right the the aroma of that offering to god would please the lord right and i want you to think about this that 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 fire that smoke they would bring they would bring they would bring grain they would bring meat they would bring oils right? They'd bring these things. They'd put them on the altar and think about it as, as that cooked on the altar. It's like the original church barbecue, right? As that, that flavor would rise, they would actually eat a portion of that, right? In the temple with their family, like a, like a, a communion with God. So they get this, don't miss this. Their own tithe nourished them. Their giving fed them You see how this works. It still works this way. Your giving to your church is what funds the ministry that feeds you and your family spiritually. It's like you buying the groceries, bringing them to God, and he's going to cook a meal and feed you, right? And nourish you, sustain you. And I know people say, well, I just don't get that much out of church. It might be because they put much into it. Right. They're not putting much. If, if I don't, if I want a good meal at home, I got to buy good ingredients to put it into that meal. And so some people say, I just, I don't know what any of this is. I don't know what it means. And, and think about how much I want, I want you to think about it this way. How much do the people in the church love you? You might be thinking, well, I, well, I don't know. Listen, they've been picking up the check for your meal for years because they love you. Because they love you. Do, do you know why they do it? Because someone picked up the check for them, right? So that you could learn, so that you could grow, so that you could lean in and get closer to the Lord. So that you and, and so and now that you know, now you can contribute as well and see that replicated in the lives of other people. Another common response. Is this to, to the question? Should I tithe? Uh, I don't know that I can do that. Right? I just don't know that I can. I wish I could, but I don't think I can. Some people couldn't imagine living unless that they are than they already do. And this is where your faith comes in. Okay, this is where faith really has to be a part of every part of a life of a believer. Okay, when dealing with supernatural implications of tithing. It's part, of, it's, it's part of our life of faith. It never results in less. It always results in more. So 90% with God's blessing will always result. It will always go further than 100% without his blessing. Okay? So if you're burdened with debt... I encourage you get on a strict, a structured plan to try to pay it off. God wants your finances to be a source of blessing in your life, not of stress and burden. And if you're if you're just worried about money, the Bible says stop worrying and trust God. Matthew chapter six, verse thirty-one. So don't worry about these things, saying what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we what will we wear. These things dominate the thoughts of. Unbelievers, but your heavenly father knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. This is a passage about money, and Jesus says, Don't worry because your father in heaven knows what you need. And if your father knows what you need, your father, he's a great father, he's going to take care of what you need. It'd be one thing to be worried if you didn't know God as your father. Okay, if that was the case, I'd be worried too. But because you've put your faith in Jesus and God has become your father, he loves you. He loves you. He knows what you need and he has the ability to provide what you need and he will. Think about what you've already trusted God to do in your life. Let me ask you a question. How are you going to trust God to save your eternal soul and not meet your earthly needs. That is way more faith to trust God to save your soul than to meet, and and that's easy for him. That's easy for him. Another common response to the question, should I tithe, is this one. Well, I don't have to. Sometimes people just say, well, I don't have to. And And I hear what you're saying, Listen, but I. some people will say this, I hear what you're saying, Pastor, but I disagree with that interpretation of the Bible, and I don't believe that tithing is for me, right? One of the most common responses from people who push back on tithing is, I don't believe that tithing is for now. I believe it was for a time gone by, it was Old Testament, it was the law, right? And I'm saved by grace, so it doesn't apply To me, listen, and I understand being skeptical, we should all ask questions, right? We shouldn't take everything we're taught as fact. We should ask questions and search it out for ourselves because there have been some shady characters out there that have taken advantage of people. So it's possible to read the true, eternal, holy scripture, holy word of God, right, and interpret it improperly and apply it to our lives, improperly. So, so, so you've got to get back to what the Bible says. That's where we got to get back to. Not what did so-and-so say, not what did Pastor Derek say, or what, instead, what did the Bible say? And, And you've got to look at the evidence of scripture, right? And talk about what's right. Now, I believe that tithing is a spiritual practice, again, with supernatural benefits. It did. It, it, it was that way before the Old Testament law, and it did after the Old Testament law, and it still does today. That's what happened. I want to show you examples of this in Scripture. How many of you know that right and wrong existed before the law? Before the law, God gave the Old Testament law to Moses about two thousand years after He created Adam and Eve. It's actually twenty four hundred years later. Okay, and and, and Adam and Eve had two boys, Cain and Abel. Genesis chapter 4 verse 2, when they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. So one was a rancher, one is a farmer, right? And when it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops, some, as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel's gift. He accepted Abel and his gift. That's what scripture says. But he did not accept Cain and his gift. Think about this. God accepted Abel, but not Cain. God accepted Abel's gift, not Cain's gift. Why? Because Cain gave some, but Abel gave the best. The first portion. Cain gave a tip. Abel brought the tithe. Okay? It, God is not honored by leftovers. God is honored by the first and the best portions of all that we have. He, he's God. He can only be in first place in your life. So you have to ask yourself this. You have to, you have to wrestle with it. Well, it doesn't seem fair. How, do, how, does, how does Cain know that if, he, if it wasn't good enough just to give some? How does he know? Because scripture says God's law. Is literally written on our hearts. Romans chapter 2, verse 15. Now, watch what happened a couple verses later in in this story in Genesis. Genesis 4, verse 8. One day Cain suggested to his brother, Let's go out into the fields. And when they were out in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. And afterward, the Lord asked Cain, Where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know. Cain Cain responded, "Am am I my brother's guardian? Am I my brother's keeper? Right? We've all heard that. But the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed and banished from the ground, which has swallowed up your brother's blood. So I want you to check this out. The first murder in history happened because of tithing. Now you know why some pastors don't want to talk about this, right? People get crazy, right? Look at this. Cain killed his brother Abel and God said, that's wrong. That's wrong. And God punished him. We all see that, right? I want to point this out because, listen, the law of Moses had not been given yet. The law came later when God says, thou shalt not murder, don't kill but here, God is already punishing Cain for murder. Well, how's it fair? The law wasn't even in, in existence. How's it fair? Because God's law is written on our hearts. His law is written on our hearts. I don't need to know the law to tell me that murder is wrong. I don't need the law to tell me tithing is right. Don't need, we don't need the law to do that. Genesis chapter 14, Melchizedek, who's the first priest, blessed Abraham with this blessing Blessed be Abram by God, by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has, defeat, who has defeated your enemies for you. Then Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods that he had recovered. So Abram gave God's priest a tithe of all the goods that he had acquired in battle. Think about this. The old covenant law of Moses still had not been written, not been given yet. Why did he do it? Not because he was commanded to. He didn't he didn't do it because some TV preacher said if he would give a thousand, to, if he would give, then he would receive a thousand times in return. He didn't do that. He did it because he was grateful. His heart was grateful, right? He didn't do it to earn God's blessing. He did it because what God had already blessed him with. He did it, he he did it because he had already won the battle. He'd already given and been blessed by God. He just wanted to show God, thanks, right? Be grateful. That's how you do it. So, so he, he does this way before the law. Here's what's amazing to me. Uh, you and I as Christians living under the new covenant of grace, right? In the new covenant, the New Testament church, right? We have been given far more than Abram was given. We have the full gospel of Jesus. We have the Bible. We have the Holy Spirit of God living on the inside of Of us leading us to truth. We have even more, even more reason to be grateful givers to the Lord. Tithing is reinforced and explained by the Old Testament law. That's what it is. It's reinforced. The the law explained what God wants in vivid detail. Here's another example. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. I am the Lord and I do not change. I want you to hear that. That's why you, descendants of Jacob, are not already destroyed. Since, ever since the days of our ancestors, have, 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 you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of the heavens armies. But you ask, how can return, how can we return when when we, we've never gone away? Should, the pe- sh- should people cheat God? God is asking, should people cheat God yet you have cheated me? But you ask, what do you mean? Where do we ever cheat you? And scripture says this, you have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes, not some, but all the tithe into the storehouse. So there will be food, enough food in my temple. If you do so, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you will not have room enough to take it in try it. He says, test me, put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall off the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of the heavens armies. When all the nations will, then, then if you do this, this is the condition, if you, then all the nation will call, all the nations will call you blessed for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So not only does God say, I'm going to bless you, but he also says, I want to protect you, right? Think about this. If, if God owns it all, how can we cheat him? I want you to think about it this way, okay? He's not talking about cheating us, cheating him out of money. Listen, if it's still in your bank account, it still belongs to God, right? If, if, it's, if, it's, if, it's, if it's out there, it's his. So we're not cheating him Right, of the finances he's talking about. We're cheating him out of blessing our lives the way he wants to. We're cheating our father out of being able to do for us more than he's able to do if we don't if we don't open our hands. He also says, I'm gonna guard you, so not only bless us, but guard us. And it's easy to see God's blessing. We can add that up, right? It's easy to see in your finances, it's easy to gauge. But what's harder to see is God's protection in our lives. In fact, you can't always know the times that God has protected you. I, I, a few years ago, we, we lived in Roswell, and I, I had a, a brand new company vehicle. And I was leaving Roswell, headed to Clovis one day, and I come over a hill. And just as I'm cresting the top of the hill, my brand new car literally turns off, sh- shuts, the engine shuts down. It just starts, and I just start coasting it to the shoulder of the road. And and I'm looking at the car, kind of paying attention to the gauges, and I look up, and there's a car sideways in the ditch, coming at me, comes across my two lanes of traffic, and, sli- and stops right in front. Listen, had my car not turned off, I'd have had a head-on collision. I when I talked to the guy, the kid fell asleep, right, coming home from college, going for, headed home for Christmas. I talked to him. We, I got a tow truck. All four tires came, or the wheels, tires came off the wheels of his car. I talked to him, right. And my car started, and never turned off again one time. I had that car three years. It's God's, God protected me in that moment. It's amazing how many near misses we've had and God's protection. We don't know all the times that God has protected us. How about this last year? There's a lot of people that got sick and God protected them. There's a lot of people that didn't get sick. I didn't get sick. God protected us from... A lot of these illnesses and diseases that are out there. Well, I, I well, I've, I've still had bad things in my life happen. Well, yeah, but imagine how worse, how much worse it would have been without God's protection, right? And, and, and other people are like, well, I'm just, I'm doing just fine on my own. Okay, how much better might it be if God's blessing and provision was on your life, right? I, I want to live under that protection and blessing. Okay, so, uh, but I'm a Christian now. And I live under the New Testament, the new covenant of grace. So I'm not sure how this applies to me. How does, listen, here's a question for you. Does God's grace raise the standard or lower it? Does God's grace make him expect more or less from us? What does God, think about that. The new covenant requires more, right? Because God has given us more. God has given us more. Think about this. I think it's super powerful. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. You have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you're subject to judgment. But I say even if, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. Did he raise or lower the standard? He raised the standard. That's what Jesus did. So murder was wrong before the law. Then the law confirmed that it was wrong. Then Jesus in the new covenant of grace raises the standard. And he said, listen, I don't want you just to not murder. I want you to love one another. I want you to love your enemies, right? Tithing was right before the law. The law explained and confirmed it. And don't don't just give because you have to, right? I, I want you to give as God leads you, but above and beyond with a joyful heart. With a joyful heart. Well, raising the standard, that sounds like a burden, but it's not. It's not. God's grace isn't a burden. It's an empowerment to live our full potential in Christ and do more because we've received more, okay? So rather than just giving because God's law commands it, God's grace transforms us into people with generous hearts. Then Jesus endorsed giving And check this out. Jesus also in scripture endorsed giving tithes and offerings through the institutions that God has established. In the Old Testament, it was the temple of Solomon, right? In, In Jesus' time, it was the temple of King Herod. It was the temple. In our time, it's the local church that you're a part of. And people ask, why do I have to bring the tithe to the local church? Jesus endorsed it, okay? Mark chapter 12, verse 41. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions for they gave a tiny part of their surplus, of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. So here we have Jesus watching people give in the temple and we don't hear him say, oh, don't give to the temple because the temple just wants all your money, right? He didn't say that to this woman. He didn't say to the woman, no, you don't give because you're poor. Because you're poor, you don't don't have to give. No, he said he is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And look what he says. He says, look at these guys. Look at them. They gave some out of their surplus right? They had plenty, right? But this woman, she gave everything. Here, here's a powerful biblical truth. God doesn't actually ask you to give him everything. Why he asks us to give the tithe is the tithe in the Bible is one-tenth. It's a representative of the whole. The tithe represents the totality of everything that you have. So when we bring the first 10%, symbolically, what we're saying to God is, everything I have in my life is your, I place in your hands. All of my life I surrender to you. Everything I have. So here, here's what we see we see Jesus also let people give to fund his ministry. Luke chapter 8, verse 1. Soon after, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his disciples with him, the 12 disciples, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he'd cast out seven demons, Joanna, the wife of Susa, Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. Why did Jesus let these women fund his ministry? Why did he? Because those who support the ministry share in the miracle. Those who support them, they share in the miracle. Jesus wants us to be able to share in that. He he let them give, listen, for their sake, right? And he gives us, he lets us give, he invites us to give for our so we can be a part of the miracle that God is doing on the earth. So we can share in the blessing that comes with the partnership with God. Uh, Many of you, you may not know things that that happen because of things that you've already given, right? I I can tell you so many things. First of all, just the weekly, the weekly, daily ministry to people throughout our city. Incredible, right? Also, we at our church, next generation ministry is a huge part of who we are, right? So children's ministry, youth ministry, we put a high priority. On loving and caring for and instilling into the lives of this next generation the things of God the the the, the stories of the Bible the character and nature of who God is we're raising the standard right in our culture and society by just allowing people to know ministering outside the walls of the church listen we funded water wells all over the world for people that don't have clean drinking water to drink okay so waterborne diseases kill more people than all other diseases ever on the planet. Okay? So one thing we've done as a church, we funded water wells, we built other churches, structures, okay, around the world. We built several in Panama. We built these churches. I wanna take many of you to nations of the world and build churches. A few years ago, we took a group from the church. We built a church in Panama with our own hands. We didn't just send money, And, and sending money's great, but man, sometimes you gotta go, right? We've provided Christmas gifts to every foster care kid in our entire county. One year, we gave $25 gift cards to 95 kids in our county that's pretty incredible um we serve our city well just a couple years ago we had the opportunity we provided a sound system for our high school football field right to 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 allow the, the games to be announced and 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 all the things that are going on there and on and on and on it goes because of what you've given because of what you give okay so jesus said you should tithe that's another thing matthew chapter 23 verse 23 should you tithe Yes, that's what he says. He says, but do not neglect the more important things. He says, yes, you do that, but that's not the finish line. That's the starting point. That's the starting point, point." and I've seen this so often, okay? Why it's such an important spiritual discipline. When people start to give, when they start to tithe, it often unlocks the growth, the spiritual growth in so many other areas of their life, in their faith. God isn't calling us to tithe and just sit around, right? But to make a difference and show people his mercy and his love. And listen, he could have said, you don't need to do that. That's Old Testament. That's Old Testament. But Jesus came to fulfill the law and he allows us to fulfill our potential in Christ Jesus. So Jesus empowers us to do more than even the law required. So, how did the early church live? What did they do? What did they do? Jesus rose from the dead. He's alive and they're celebrating his his resurrection. We'll celebrate with Easter in just a few weeks. And what did they say about giving? They, did they say, "Well, we don't have to give anymore." <laughs> no, that's not what they said at all. Acts chapter 2, check it out. It says in verse 42, "All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over them. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all all the believers met together in one place. They shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions. They shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes right for the lord's supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. So we've looked at this morning, we've looked at what the bible has to say before the law was given, right? Then what the law said, then what Jesus said about giving. Now we're looking at what the new testament church said about giving, how they did what they did. And if 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 we still look at the new if we if we still look at new the new testament and believe that it's okay to bring less than the tithe, Guys, we need to go back and read it again, right? We got to look at this again. Jesus didn't save us by grace so that we could do less than the law required, but beyond what the law required, okay? So we don't, we don't have to tithe. Listen, we get to. We get to participate in this. Tithing isn't about salvation. We are saved by grace, not by works, so that, so that no one can boast, Right? But we tithe, when we tithe, it's a spiritual principle that results in that same blessing, right? Do, do, you, do you think God was going to bless them once they tithed in the Old Testament and then stop blessing them in the New Testament? Of course not. He is the same God, right? He's, he feels the same about people who give with a cheerful heart. So God has brought us to this point. He's to encourage us once again, listen, to be set free from the selfishness of of sin. And he allows us to be more like Jesus. Galatians chapter three, verse 24. Let me put it another way. Scripture says the law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. And now that the way of faith has come, We no longer need the law as our guardian, for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. So people talk about the law sometimes like it was all bad, right? I want you to see this. The law was really all about God's grace. The law commanded them to tithe because it protected them from their own sin and selfishness and greed. That's what the law was doing. But now that Jesus has come and he has saved us by God's grace and he's transforming us into the image of his own Son, now now that we now we can live a whole new way. We can live different than we've ever lived before. We no longer give because we have to. We give because Jesus has changed our hearts into givers right Now it's transform transformed our lives into the likeness of Christ Jesus, the greatest giver of all, right? And often, we, we are, if, if we're first-generation givers, it's terrifying. It can be terrifying. I'm, I am eternally blessed. Listen, I'm at least a third-generation giver, tither in my family, right? And, and but, but listen, if you're the first-generation giver, you can, break, you can be the one to break the curse and advance the kingdom of God on the earth and set a new standard in your household, in your lineage of how you operate. And listen, guys, if this makes you uncomfortable, it might be because God wants to do something transformational in you, in you. So I want to pray for you this morning. If you need help in the area of finances, listen, can, would you contact us? We would love to partner you up with somebody and just say, hey, listen, not a, no one's perfect. None of us have done this all perfect. But if you need a plan, if you, maybe you don't know how to get on a budget, you need to get on a budget. If that would help you, man, let's help you. We, we're in this together. We're in this together. No shame, right? We just want to help, love people and care for them in this area of their life. Um, I, I encourage you, if, if you have debt, man, let's, let's figure out a way where you can start putting money together to pay off that debt. If, if you're able, you need to save for the future, all those things, but I, I just, I can't encourage you enough. Open your heart and ask God what he desires. You know what he wants you to do as a starting point. But how in the area of giving, how in the area of, of generosity in your life, what, what, what do you need to do right now? The, the first thing, I'm more than anything, I'm concerned for you about is your salvation. So I want to pray for you today. Maybe maybe you're here and you're like, you know, before Before I trust God with my money, maybe I need to trust Him with my life. Maybe I need to trust Him with eternity. Listen, I want to pray for you and just ask ask you, just ask the Lord Jesus to come and to lead your life. Would Would you pray with me? Just say this, God, I need you to save me. I need your forgiveness and I believe that Jesus, you died on the cross, you paid for my sin, right? So that I could be forgiven and I believe that you rose again you rose from the grave so that I could have eternal life of victory in you. And so I'm going to trust you, Jesus, to save me. And I want to follow you from this day forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening with us today. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash or join us for service Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m.